Okay. Yeah. Don't, let, don't let me leave um, my headphones here. Okay. Okay. I don't know why we're putting that in my hands, but... I'm going to put it on my shoes. Because then I feel like that's going to remind me to grab them. Okay. I feel very comfortable in this position. <laughs> you see the, how, the, how you fucking look. I can't... <laughs> Who wants to introduce the show? I can introduce the show. Okay. You shouldn't never call me a fat ass Kelly Price. Hey guys, welcome back to Fat People with Opinions. I'm your host, Isaiah. And I'm your other host, Taylor. And we're back. We're, uh, we're fat. And we still have fucking opinions. Right. <laughs> bitch, and at this point, we're fucking syndicated, bitch. We've been here three, <laughs> day, three weeks in a row Come honey, recording. Consistency. Come on. You know, new new year, new me. <laughs> in the middle new- of April. <laughs> it is a new year, because March was an entire year itself, so. And I feel like, you know, we're in year 2030 <laughs> at this point, because everything has decided it wants to fall apart. The Fire Nation has attacked. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only Avatar, Master of All Four Elements, could stop them. I missed like eight lines. You did, <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, I what I started watching on YouTube are supercuts of the fights in Avatar. Yes, I've I've been in love with them. I, I watched, watched them. Um, Aang and Ozai earlier today, like their big fight. Mm-hmm. Ozai really ain't shit. Like he really can't fight. Like because Aang, I mean Aang was the Avatar, but this little boy was like ten. And Ozai was really like, I don't know if he was like pulling punches, but Nika couldn't land shit for a while. And I was just like, sir. And then it's also interesting because it's like, I feel like Ozai wasn't really made to be a fighter in the series. It was just like, oh, he was just evil ass white man. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't white, but still he represented (laughs) white people. Right. Like he, that's all he had. He really, we really didn't get any fight scenes. The only time that we got a fight scene kind of was between him and Zuko and, um, what was it? They were trying to take back. Was it Bossing say that they were trying to take back? Where it was him and Zuko, and then he redirected the lightning. Oh yeah, 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 underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when um Azula had like locked herself in the underground cabins or whatever. Yeah, and then she just was there to essentially take up time from um, yeah, Aang and yeah, Toph. Toph is really a bad bitch. She is, cause she she is she sees with her feet, and I just I aspire. And also, like, she literally created a whole form of bending. Mm-hmm. Like, a whole school of bending. I mean, Katara, too, essentially. We think about, like, blood bending. But Katara didn't create blood bending. She, she learned it from an old lady in a forest. But has anyone else heard from um, the old lady in the forest ever again? So no. you're saying Katara imagined her? <laughs> no, I'm saying. You know what I'm saying is that, obviously, somebody else, I haven't watched Legend of Korra like that, but I feel like, I don't know, people just have felt the spirit to blood bend in their bodies and were then able to do it. There was a lot of blood bending in the Legend of Korra. Like, it was used as, like, military tactic. Oh, wow. I'm into it. But <laughs> I, honestly, if I were... Waterbending is the best. Yeah, I, we've had this conversation, right? I do enjoy waterbending, but I feel in my heart, deep in my soul, that if I were a bender, I would be an earthbender. I feel like you'd be an earthbender, too. <laughs> Mostly because... And maybe it's, like... It's a little skewed because, like, Toph was blind, obviously. So her not having shoes was because she couldn't see with her eyes. Right. But I don't like to wear shoes. So I feel like I'd be really one with the earth. That was the biggest reason that I said that she <laughs> was like, never going to be in any kind of shoe. Right. I feel like I could be one with the earth because I'm always touching it. 
I actually was watching an episode the other day, the episode of um, The Last Airbender where Toph and Katara went to like the spa because they wanted to have like a girls' night out when mm-hmm. they were in Ba Sing Se. Mm-hmm. And then those three mean ass bitches was like, oh, that's that, your makeup is cute, but it looks cute on like a monkey or something like that. And then Toph essentially like broke the bridge down and then to, to car. What was her name? Katara. Katara decided that she was going to like create a tsunami and fucking <laughs> blow them away. I'm like, I aspire to be that kind of petty. Also, don't you know, talk about me. It's a, or you die, right. literally, Correct. or you will be killed. You got the wrong that. one. I would be a waterbender. I could see you being a waterbender because waterbending takes like finesse and like daintiness. This is what I be talking about. <laughs> In color guard, when you spin saber, it takes finesse. You can't just chuck it into the air and catch it. That's how I feel about water bending. Like you actually have to care about some shit and like really do shit. And it's like it's so versatile. I feel like I'm a versatile person. I also think like although I can be a lot, the older I get, I feel like my my like natural orientation to the world is very easy. Mm-hmm. You're very much like a go with the flow. Pacifism is the the answer right. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to, you know, be out with the waves and, you know, going back and forth and worshiping the moon. And Whereas I'm like, blow it all up. <laughs> Where's the C4? I'm ready. And then I also just like the idea of, like, bitch, I can, like, create steam. I can, like, free <laughs> shit. Like, if I wanted to make some ice cubes and shit, like, that would be... You know, we fun. love an ice cube. And it's also, like... I think in terms of like the actual martial arts, they have like the most graceful. Yeah, for kind. sure. Them and well, um, and airbenders. Air yeah. yeah, like firebenders are like really fighting fire. Yes, you punch and kick fire, bitch. <laughs> really I don't know what fighting. Earthbenders too. They really be like grabbing things out of the earth, <laughs> making like, it raise and really throwing them. <laughs> but it's also interesting because I feel like. Technically, firebending and airbending is cheating because it's like they can just do it anywhere. Yeah. Whereas waterbending, you actually have to have yeah water. Yeah, same with earthbending. You can't be like suspended in the air and bend the earth. You can't do that. You can't. Whereas air is everywhere. Fire, everywhere. I feel like we need to rewrite these rules. <laughs> I feel like there should be some sort of contingency. Like, maybe you don't have enough oxygen or something. That's why you can't bend fire. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that happened. Maybe that was in the Legends of Korra. But um, in the live action Avatar The Last Airbender, the movie, which mm-hmm. was fucking terrible. I don't recommend it to anybody. But um, in that one, you couldn't bend what wasn't right in front of you. So the firebenders were, like, getting fire out of baskets and the airbender, well, the only airbender was Aang, obviously, and he mm-hmm. wasn't, like, flying around on his little air ball like he was in the cartoon. So it wasn't, like, like you really had to have the element in front of you in order to bend who, it. Who created this film? <laughs> M. Shalomar. Yes. But also. It was just confusing because Aang was um, of Asian descent, which made sense, mm-hmm. but then everybody else was white. And it's like, um, you have to pick one because they were all the same shade of brown in the cartoon. So they're either all white or they're all of Asian descent. You can't mix it up like that. And I also generally feel like all the characters in the Avatar universe are Asian. It's they should be, yes. Some of them are brown. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they was all white, though. Everyone except Aang. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. That's why I would never watch that. How are you doing, like... What's going on? Let's do a check-in. How are you doing mentally, emotionally, in day... 8,762 of quarantine. Well, I have taken a furlough from work. 
because mm-hmm. I have been home for too long and I've decided that I don't really know if I can go back to an office. Oh, wow. So, so I what am does that in mean? the house. Well, for now, everything's cool because I, I need to stop playing with this bottle in the mic. Everything's cool because like, all the bills are paid for this month and next month. Mm-hmm. So even if I was making $0, like I'd be okay for a little while. But I am going to start driving for DoorDash and I'm going to start doing some like gig work on the side so that I can really start building up like my art situation or whatever like passion project I want to do because I'm just tired of doing things for other people I want to do things for myself right so I think I have switched over to the make enough money to sustain what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and then still have enough time left over to do what I want to do because I wasn't doing any work while I was sitting here anyway so that's such a huge decision it is crazy because I've kind of the the word that I can use to describe how I've been feeling lately is just like conflicted. And one of the ways that I've been experiencing that feeling is like although the circumstances seem dire, like I mean they are dire, niggas are literally dying. Like I can't help but think towards the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just like a coping mechanism kind of thing or maybe it's just because niggas are bored, they don't have anything else to do. So it's like, what else can I do but accept, think about the future? And I'm like, kind of on the same wavelength where it's putting things in perspective. And I'm like, I'm trying to get into a position where I can literally operate from a place of intention in every single thing that I do. Yeah. Like, like be authentic and be intentional and making sure that I'm not doing anything or the the decisions that I make are coming from a place of want as opposed to a place of like duress, stress, survival, yeah. or need. So for me, how that's kind of unfolded, like we were talking about, is I've like been budgeting. Like I, I told myself, I've created like a, a very specific, like written down plan where I've like these are all my debts. This is everything that I owe. This is the plan to try to get this paid off as soon as possible. And one of the things that's like. It's horrible, but it's it's it, it's kind of a blessing in this situation, or maybe a silver lining. Like because I'm not going out as much, I've been able to save money. Yeah, and I've been able to like start to pay off bills and start to you know pay more on my debts in order to be able to get that number down. And like my income hasn't really changed mm-hmm. at all. No, that's not the situation for other people, but. In in that regard, it's it kind of giving me a new sense of purpose because that's the only thing like, like with you, I feel like you know what you want to do, and if you had the ability to do it right now, you would do it. Yes, correct. Money, mm-hmm. like if you had <laughs> the means and the opportunity and the time, you and you you know exactly what you want to do. Me, I don't really have that. What I do know is that I want to be debt free is like the number one thing, <laughs> and I want to be in a situation where I can like experience financial freedom. Yeah, and that's what I'm holding on to in this moment of crisis. Like, and it's weird because like I said, it's it's like a conflicting thing. Cause we don't know what the future is going to hold considering what's going on with this whole fucking pandemic yeah. situation. <clears throat> so I have until May 15th to decide whether or not I want to go back. But as of right now, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, I've done so much creative work that I feel like I just want to continue doing the creative work and then figure out how to pay for everything else along the way. Like, I don't I don't want to be, I don't want my daytime hours to be beholden to anybody else mm. any longer. That's so real. Like, it's so brave. 
I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's something to be said for, like, once things come into, like, when things are aligned in a way where you are, like, tunnel vision honed in on on what you want to specifically do, I feel like there's so much, I don't know, like... I admire that shit so much because I wish that I had that. Like, <laughs> I really do. Like, people who, who know what they want so badly that they're willing to say that this is what the fuck I want to do. I'm putting all my time, my energy, my resources into making this happening. Sacrificing for it, saying, okay, having, you know, uh, a consistent income is cute, but this is taking me away from doing what the fuck I want to do. Right. So, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to focus on this. And it's like... I love that. I wish I had that. I need to find that. <laughs> I do think that, like, now that we've moved into, like, the, the gig work situation where <clears throat> um, people are doing, like, DoorDash and Lyft and Uber and stuff like that. And that's, like, a lucrative business, especially now that people are quarantined, more people are getting food delivered and stuff, that that is a big reason as to why I was so comfortable being like, I, I'm okay with letting go of my regular income mm-hmm. because there's still a way to make money. Yeah. Always. And I mean, my thing is, and I don't know if this is like a capital, like an elitist thing to say, but like, Money's not going anywhere. Right. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, At all. Capitalism, it has no... is <laughs> Capitalism, there's, it's showing no signs of fucking giving up, bitch. At all. She said, I'm here to stay. <laughs> and and I, I don't care what you bitches say, but even if it means the world's demise, I'm here to stay. So, I mean, capitalism isn't going anywhere. So if you ever feel like you want to go back into doing, you know... Yeah. Doing what you were doing as a ways to, you know, make money, then... You can always go back to that. And it's like you can always make money doing other shit. Yeah. So I'm excited. This is like a new chapter of life. I'm excited to do some more creative things. I'm going to be showing more creative things on like my YouTube. I have some room like transformations coming up. That's so cool. I love that. Was it hard like communicating that to your employers? Like no. what was the conversation? <laughs> no. No. Because mostly because um like, we're friends, but, like, it's still a professional relationship at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, hey, this is what's on my mind. This is how I'm feeling. So this is what I'm going to do. It wasn't a, what do you think? Are you okay with this? It was a, this is how I'm feeling. So this is what's happening. Right. Period. I'm I'm actually pretty good at setting boundaries with people who aren't, like, emotionally connected to me. So. That's everything. And I'm, like, I'm that way, too. It's crazy when people talk about they don't have that ability. But I think it also, like, I have a lot of girlfriends who say that, like, they struggle with, like, when their employer, if they were in a situation where they sensed that they needed to move on to go to another place, mm-hmm. they had trouble communicating with their employer, like, why they needed to leave. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bitch, these niggas don't, like, they don't care about you. Like, (laughs) well, let me not say that, but like, they don't. Because my main reason is because I want to leave. End of, end of sentence. And then, like, you don't owe this business nothing. Right. Like, you don't owe this, this, I'm, I don't know. In my mind, everyone who, who who is an employer is evil. (laughs) That's horrible, but anyone who is an employer Because not everyone works for a big corporation, like, 
And you people have small businesses, but in my mind, it's like I can just see you in an office with some white man in a tie <laughs> and a fucking full suit with like, you know, that fucking, you know, football stadium hair <laughs> telling you and you're trying to explain to him like, look, I, I'm just so, you know, connected to the, the mission of this company. And I just feel like I'm struggling with this decision to decide to leave, to go on to do something that I actually want to do. Like, bitch, no, don't fuck him. Okay. Right. He don't care about you. He He's going to be not. okay. He has someone on his line on hold right now with his secretary. That's going to replace you mm-hmm. tomorrow. Bitch. Correct. So you'll be okay. In my mind, that's every interaction with an employer. <laughs> That's how I characterize them in my head. No. <laughs> like, that's literally... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's the case for some people. That was not the case for me. But even when I worked for... When I was a nanny, when I was working for, like, different families, when it was time for me to be like, okay, I'm done with this, sometimes the conversation was a little hard because it's like, they kind of feel like you're abandoning their kids, which is wild because they're your kids. But I understand, like, if I that raised, if I raised your child, your your child since he was four months old, and now I'm like, hey, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's like a okay, my child sees you every day. Like this is gonna be a little weird for him. So I get it. But also at the end of the day, this was a business. This was a business agreement. And it turns. And I'm so. choosing to terminate it now. End and, of story. <laughs> and fuck your child. No. Fuck <laughs> him. <laughs> I don't care about him. No. no I'm I'm playing with the children. But, um, yeah, that's wild. Do you feel like, because I really am interested in this, because do you feel like your decision to jump into, like, more creative endeavors and make that, you know, put all of your energy and focus into that and try to make that your, like, sole income. Do you feel like that was a situation motivated by, like... Because I'm struggling with this, too, where because we have all of this free time, I'm putting air quotes on free time, because it's like, I'm still working. Right, it's not really free for you, because you're still on the clock. (laughs) I'm still on this clock, um, working 40 hours a week. Because we have all this free time... That there's kind of like this assumption that you the, you be doing something with your time that's gonna you know yeah result in this transformation yeah. like there's that pressure of productivity there yeah do you feel like that's motivating that I don't feel like it's motivating I don't feel like it's a top motivator I do feel like now that I have made the decision to leave my regular income behind that mm-hmm. it is a okay well now you really have to do something but it wasn't a like there's plenty of people on Twitter that are like all right, you have all this free time, all this quarantine free time. You need to start an LLC. You need to start your business. You need to invest. Like, if you come out on the other side of this with no money, that's on you. You're lazy. But, like, no, (laughs) because some people really just need this time to re-energize and to, like, take a second and just be alive. But for me, it was more of a, I've always wanted to do this. I felt like I needed to stay in my 9 to 5 in order to... Really, if I'm being 100% honest, in order to be, in order to not be a failure, I needed to have a regular job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I needed to have an income that paid all of my bills so that I wasn't running to my family for help. Mm-hmm. Especially with my family. Like, I, I've, already, we, I've had this conversation with the podcast before where I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me from my family to really perform. Right. But I think this time that I've been spending at home and, like, really just being alone at home now that I live alone... Like with my thoughts, I've it's a 
I don't really care about anybody else anymore. Mm. I want to do what makes me happy because I'm I'm literally here by myself. So why am I trying to please anybody else? And it's like, oh my God, oh my God. Girl, I might start crying about this fucking black <laughs> right now. It's so crazy because it's like how, how you operate in your orientation to the world and so many of the decisions that you make are impacted by other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I find myself kind of on on a similar wavelength or, or on a, a different part of my journey than you. Cause I still feel like this pressure to like, I feel like I have to yeah. have a job. I don't, I feel like I don't have the ability to say, I'm not going to work this job and just kind of figure it out and see what's going on. Because I know that like <laughs> there's an economic compare imperative. Mm-hmm. And, and also like, We've talked about how we both are, are people who have done school and done school well consistently. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that has its own kind of like learned pressure and habits in mm-hmm. that when you've become like accustomed to a certain level of productivity and then being rewarded with different accolades and mm-hmm. like just being quote unquote successful in specifically like a university college environment and then going to grad school or law school that kind of thing you put a certain pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. and some of that pressure is internal like in my case i think it's internal i have this standard that i set for myself that i'm like oh i i feel like i should be so much further in my life than where i am currently for you it's like other people yeah are 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 encroaching you know and i think because these other people are telling me these things or expecting these things of me that i'm looking at myself like well you really fucked up. Like, right. why aren't you? Why aren't you doing all these things that they expect of you? Obviously, it's attainable, or they wouldn't expect it of you. So, how come you can't do it? When really, it's like I just don't want to. It's a question <laughs> one. And it's crazy because I had that realization, and I'll talk about this at some point in the podcast. I had this re- that realization when I had I was at the the point of my grad school journey where it was like, okay, you completed the criteria to get a master's. Now you can go on to the PhD. And I was like, do I really want this? Right. Because a PhD is a, a big thing. Like, it's a lot of work that you, and it's a lot of time that you have to commit to this one thing. And, also, and if it's not what you want to do, why would you do all of that? Exactly. And it's also like, the reasons that I wanted to, had convinced myself that I wanted to do it were like, I wanted to be able to like have doctor. Right. And that's cool. I love that. That's dope. But it's like, people who who are called to do the work of getting a PhD, do it because there's some sort of outcome or some sort of, you know, they're, they're trying to yield a specific result. Mm -hmm. Like there's some sort of problem that they want to address. There's some sort of research question that they want answered. There's something that they want to uncover, or they may have a specific goal in terms of their professional aspirations. But like me, it was a situation where it was like, I'm not really feeling called to do any of these things. Yeah. I'm not really feeling called. I just, I really liked like reading, writing, and just talking about shit that was happening in the world. Like that's literally what I love to do. And I'm feeling like, do I really need to stay in school to do that? Do I really need to, you know, uh, be in this, this, this environment of output where it's like when you're in a PhD environment and then ultimately when you go into like a tenure track position, there's a certain output that they expect from you in terms of like, publications like research all that kind of stuff and i wasn't really you know 
up for that level of stress for what I was putting my, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm going to be stressing out over this shit, but it's like, this isn't even what I want. Right. I'm going to be stressing out over this shit just so that there's a doctor at the end of my name. Or and I mean, there's going to be a certain income, but it's also like. But only if you choose to do something with said PhD, because if it's something you don't care about, then I have a, um, a cousin, she's a play cousin. She's mm-hmm. our grandmother's, our best friends. Um, and she is a dancer. She has always been a dancer since I've known her. Since we were really little, she has been a dancer. She's a really great dancer. She loves dancing. Like, she lights up when she is dancing. dancing Say dancing one more time. Dancing <laughs> is her passion. And I went to one of her dance classes. She uh, teaches classes at one of her friend's studios. I went to one of her classes, and she said something like, I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you went to school, you finished school, you have a degree, you're now teaching dance classes. Like, what do you mean you haven't accomplished anything? And she's like, yeah, but that's all the stuff that my family expected me to do. And I'm just sitting here like, wow. Like, wow. Because even I'm doing it at this point. Like, I'm saying, yeah, you've accomplished all of these things. And it's like, but she didn't want to. Like, she, there was one thing she wanted to do. She didn't want to go to school. She mm. didn't want to get a degree. She just wants to dance. Right. But because these things are expected of her, she feels like she has done all these things now but hasn't accomplished anything, which is wild. And it's also crazy because there's so much, like, <laughs> unlearning that you have to actually do in the moment. Like, because her perception of what, like, it means to accomplish a thing is so wild compared to what she actually has done. Right. Like, this shit doesn't line up. It's It'll not be- an accomplishment because it was expected of me. That's wild. That's really, really wild. Like, you, because that doesn't change the actual fact that regardless of whether or not it was expected of you, you did it. Right. So it's not, and that's why I had to tell myself, like, it's not a question because people start to, and I was starting to misunderstand, like, my not wanting to continue on with the PhD with the question of, like, my ability. Like, could I actually do it? Those things were starting to get confused in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, I'm like, no. I, based on the fact that I've gotten to this point where it's a question of whether or not I want to pursue it more, I can do the shit. Right. Th- that's not a question. The issue is, do you want to? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you want to, then your work is going to be good enough or great. Or, you know, you're going to be passionate enough about the things that you're doing so that it's like you'll see that coming out of your work in, in in your work. And when you go to defend it, you'll actually have something passionate to talk about. Right. Whereas if you are just doing going through the motions and doing it for the sake of saying that you did something, I'm just over doing shit for the sake of like saying that you're doing shit. Right. I'm over that. Like, and I, it's crazy because I have to unpack that pressure all the time mm-hmm. because I'm in a mom a space where I'm like. I saw a completely different future for myself based off the the timeline that I established when I was going through the whole PhD program. Now, because I'm not experiencing that, it's like, what the fuck is my future going to look like? But it's, you just have to, this is a perfect moment for you to be kind of reflective and introspective and kind of figure out how you can truly operate from a place of intention. Mm Mm-hmm. This is crazy. This is not where we expected the show to go. Not at all. Right. (laughs) Not at all. This is not what we planned at all. Child. Because I only took the furlough today. Like, I really only came to that, this is what I'm doing today. A furlough is like... Well, it's like, um, I'm not fired, but I'm not working. So I'm not getting paid, but there's still a spot for me if I choose to, to take it back. Okay, okay. Until May 15th, when I either have to say I'm coming back or negotiate some sort of other situation. 
Do you think that... Wait, so was this the decision made... Like, the reason that they allowed you to make that decision or to you for you to take advantage of the opportunity was because of what's going on with the pandemic? I think that it definitely helped. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I had... Well, yeah, it, it yeah, you're right. It probably is that. Because I feel like if I had said, I'm not feeling this right now, in any other situation, they'd have Fine. been like, okay. <laughs> or quit. Collect your things. Right. <laughs> Do you want me to help you get your things? Right? <laughs> or I can. I have a box right here. <laughs> Bitch, I have to tell you about the one time I got fired from my job, and they had the box waiting for me at the door, bitch. Wouldn't even let you go back to your desk. I was bad. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh, don't touch my stuff. I mean, I didn't really have shit on my little cubicle anyway, but bitch, don't touch my, um, you know, my little fucking, you know, I had a couple pencils there, I had a pen there, I had a notepad, don't bitch, I don't want pencils. you to touch that. I can't. <laughs> okay. I had a little, um, a little... You know, when we graduated from our training, they gave us a little, um, kind of like, not a placard, but like a little... A name tag. Not a name tag. What is it called when they give you like a, like, when you remember you were little and you used to get like perfect attendance? Like an award. Certificate. A certificate, boom. They gave us a certificate and I had it like, you know, <laughs> bitch, don't touch that. <laughs> it's mine. It's mine. And it doesn't deserve to be touched by your little, you know, <laughs> meagly hands. <laughs> Oh, Shanika, I love you dearly. Shout out to Shanika, I love you. Shout out to Shanika. I have stories to tell about my job, but I won't do that this week. I mean, why not? You haven't given us a, a tale from the belly of the beast. I In a while. I took, I mean, I feel like I do it every week, but that's okay. I took a call <laughs> last week, child. It was at 8 o'clock. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. So Fridays, I work 8 to 5. So Monday through Thursdays, I work 12 to 9. Fridays, I work 8 to 5. That that twelve to nine shift, then you change over eight to five, bitch. I'd be feeling like where's the sleep? Death. I feel like I might as well have slept when we used to work in an office. I used to be like, I might as well just sleep in the console right. closet. <laughs> like I might as well just sleep in the fucking vents. Like bitch, <laughs> sleep in the parking lot. Like because you're literally working all the time. But it's whatever. I hate it when I'm there. But then at five o'clock, I'm like, oh my god, I'm free, freedom, to freedom. Um, but. So I took a supervisor call last Friday. It was around eight o'clock in the morning already. Like <laughs> eight in the morning. And it's crazy because it's like I did not want to take this call and I was about to be like a horrible coworker and just act like I didn't see it. But I was like, <laughs> let me just take care. It's whatever. Hopefully it's an easy one. I get on the call. I'm called all kinds of faggots. Oh my god. <laughs> Mongrels. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I was not expecting this. Bitch, I was like Oh my god. It what is it, kikes or kites? What he, he he was calling me all kinds of shit. What the fuck? And I was like <laughs> and I was like and I said this very calmly and I tried to be as professional as I possibly could. I said I'm going to tell you this right now. That's how I started the opportunities right now. If you're going to continue to do this, this conversation will not continue. And that's when the phone was disconnected. Oh my God. What the fuck? And I was just sitting here like, so we just wake up. Like, <laughs> just <pissed>. angry. <laughs> like, he has had it. Okay. Bright and early in the morning. He said, bitch, somebody pissed in my Wheaties. <laughs> That is sweetie. Okay. His shredded weed. He said they cut they cut his gum the fuck up, bitch. He said, I'm gonna let everybody the fuck have it. 
Okay, because this is. Oh my god! Uh, I was like, I was trying not to laugh on the phone because it's like, it was this older white man, obviously, and I'm like, well. Let me not say obviously, but <laughs> obviously it was this older white man. And he was just like going in. And I'm like. <sighs> Sir. Cursing, cursing my name into the to the oblivion. This is an Arby's drive through. <sighs> this is an Arby's drive through. Yes, that's what I said to anybody who is flipping the fuck out. Sir, this is an Arby's drive through. <laughs> we don't have time for this. I was a, I wanted to be like, it's fine though, because I literally have just like secretly at my makeshift desk at home, <laughs> like have cursed his entire lineage. <laughs> like I literally have said, you know what? And like burnt pieces of hair. Like I literally have cursed his entire fucking lineage. Like bitch, y'all should have carried Madame Zeroni up the fucking mountain, bitch. <laughs> guess what's going to happen now? Your entire family shall be cursed for the rest of your lives because nobody's going to call in. To curse my name. Call me all kinds of faggots. I cannot. Mongrels. <laughs> I, I cannot. I'm like, bitch, what the fuck is going on? It's <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning. Like He has a new baby. He didn't sleep last night. I wish so many horrible things, but I did not say them. <laughs> but that was an experience that I had on the phone. That's a mess. <laughs> I couldn't have your job because I would have had some fun. Oh, faggot, huh? <laughs> you ever seen one of us up close? I and I'd be wanting to say stuff, but I'm also like, niggas need this job. We just had this whole conversation about like <laughs> niggas need income. But I'd be wanting to really go in. But it's okay. He's gonna get his one day. Like I said, I've already cursed his whole family. I support. I let I lit some sage. I called the corners. <laughs> I invoked the spirit and the words of the craft. I'm tired. I can't. Um, I was gonna ask you something, but I can't remember what it is. I feel like I'm trying to think if I have any other any more stories from work that were like notable. I was on a call for an hour, like a fucking the duration of a Harry Potter film today. Not a Harry Potter film. And essentially, there was no, there was nothing that could really be done at the end of the conversation, so it was a complete waste of time. <laughs> And really, the result of the conversation was that you owe the bill. Like, that's truly it. Like, and I'm sitting here like, bitch, I could have watched at least a whole entire film. I could have watched Salt. Because I've been watching Salt all the time. Because it's on Hulu or something. Netflix. Netflix. Girl, I have a... Um, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing. It's okay, go ahead. I have a, um, a weekly consumption I'm already going to say right now. Okay. Have you ever watched the documentary Ballet 422? I have not. Bitch... You need to watch it. Okay. We'll you really about need to watch it. Ballet. First of all, it's like, I don't know if I want you to watch it currently as you're having this moment because it's going to kind of make you feel like shit, but it's also <laughs> like sickening. First of all, there's this 25-year-old ballet dancer who's a part of like the New York Broadway, not New York Broadway, but the New York Ballet Company. He's one of like the core dancers. So he's like a professional dancer at the ballet, at the the core, the, the troupe, the ballet, whatever. He's a professional dancer. This oh, nigga's 25 years old. This was shot ages ago, so he's older now. He's 25 years old. He has been asked to, like, choreograph the 
like I forget what I think it's the four hundred and twenty second. That's the the reason why it's called ballet four two two. The four hundred and twenty second like contemporary production that they do every year. Mm. And this nigga is twenty five years old. Like with that perspective, he's completely younger than us. Yeah, and he's being put in a position of leadership where he's not only like. He has his hand in every single part of this production. So the chore- the he chose the song. He did the choreography. The choreography. You see him like doing, um, teaching the dancers. So these are trained professional dancers teaching them the choreography, and then like also critiquing them and like translating his vision of what he wants the production to be to these people that are potentially his senior. Like there are lead dancers. Yeah. That he's having to teach this this routine to. And then he's also working with, like, the costume department. He's also working with the lighting, like... This sounds dope. And he was having to... One of the things that it's so interesting is that he kind of was learning how to kind of play the game and, like, stoke egos. They don't really talk about it, like, explicitly on the documentary, but you see him kind of having to... Like, there was a point where the pianist approached him and was a lot, and was like the orchestra is not playing the song with any kind of passion or vigor. And we really feel like we need them to play this shit hard because it's like the music and what the dancers were doing were so in like intertwined. And he had to, as can you imagine being 25 years old and then going into the orchestra and approaching these old ass people, like <laughs> because the, when you see the documentary, you're gonna see what I'm talking about. These old ass people. There was an, a girl who looked like she worked at your local library, bitch. She had <laughs> a cute little gray bob with some glasses, bitch, and she had her little violin was going in, and he had to say to them, like, you know, can you play better? Play better. <laughs> 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 you know, I really the music. It's really, really. You know, I the dance is really informed by the music. So if you play with passion, that's going to help the dancers. And it's like crazy. I was watching this and I was completely eyes glued. It's it's a short, it's like only an hour and 20 minutes. But the, to see also is cool from a creative perspective. Because like you, you do the same thing where you can see an idea in your head. Mm-hmm. And then see it from when it's just an idea all the way through. When yeah. it's like an actual product. That's my favorite part is like seeing something through from conception to visualization. Love it. To like a tangible yeah. thing, a, a consumable item. And it's like, that shit was so sickening to me. Because you can see him going through the motions. And he had like, he did not have a long time. This thing had like a couple months. That sounds wild. I'm excited to watch this. It's good. It's not on Netflix. It's not on Xfinity. It's not on Hulu. Or what is it on? <laughs> <laughs> I had to find it. It's on Tubi. Okay. Well, that's free, right? Yeah, it is I free. think I could just download that on my Fire Stick. I, girl, I just had to... It, apparently, it's on Xfinity. Oh. Yeah, if you um go through... Oh, I don't have Xfinity. I have Verizon. We watch Xfinity with my mom's login stuff, though. Okay. Well, well, we on. we have Tubi. We can get Tubi anyway. Tubi's free, yes. <clears throat> it was really, really good, though. I loved it. Shout out to that. I used to do stuff like that on a much smaller scale when I used to do color guard shows you did that's how we met on a much smaller scale (laughs) but it was still like dreaming something up in my head telling other people what i want it to look like and then hoping that it looks like that (laughs) and it never did but it's okay (laughs) um 
I'm sorry. I just completely derailed that entire conversation. I have a question. Okay. If you close your eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, think of an apple. Do you see an apple or is it just black? Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently there are people who actually see an apple. I feel like you should not have said, do you see black? Because as soon as you said that, I only saw black. Oh, I'm but sorry. But when you said, do you see an apple? I saw an apple. You can see an apple? Yes. That's wild. Because I close my eyes and I think... Of it, like I can think of every detail of an apple, but I cannot see it. I see black. I see an apple. I see an apple. That's so fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. If you wild. did not say, "Do you see black, bitch?" I would have been like, "There's an apple. I see the stem. The stem. I. I mean, I feel like I see like the most character a caricature of an apple right. that you ever could see in your life. Okay, so describe it. it. It's like, what do you see? I see. <laughs> <laughs> you know how ap- apples are kind of shaped like hearts. Yeah. I see a uh, a heart shape with like the little booty bottom uh-huh. with the little brown stem. Wow. No green leaf. See, in my mind, I'm thinking of the heart shaped apple, but it's like a bright red one. Mm-hmm. The little white square at the top that shows like the shininess of it, the brown stem and a green leaf. But I can't actually see any of that with my eyes closed. I just hit the mic. I can't, I can't, it's just black. What is prompting this question? Because apparently it's a thing, like, I thought that everybody was like me, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you close your eyes and you don't see anything. But apparently I'm in the minority. Apparently most people can visualize with their eyes closed. And I just thought that that was wild considering I'm a creative but and I can't see anything with my eyes closed. I can only see it with my eyes open. <laughs> this conversation is making my ass itch. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, I'm getting scared. I'm absolutely getting scared. I want y'all to tell me if y'all can see things with your eyes closed. If you think of an apple with your eyes closed, what do y'all see? This is also giving me blue gold dress vibes. Is it a blue dress with the gold stripes? It was always a white dress with gold stripes. It was always white and gold. I don't know what the fuck you were seeing. <laughs> you saw a blue and black dress because that's bullshit it was always white and gold like and i do you have like a red green deficiency no all right at least i don't think so i see red and green just fine but i've only ever seen it with my what eyes is the color so. of the um so we're using what is this garage band to record yeah, the show these parts what is what is the sound bar look like what they're color? red okay the bottom the thing that's supposed to be the this thing yeah this is blue these little lines here, green. Except for at the end, they get kind of yellow. Okay. We're seeing things clearly. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you saw when you saw that dress. It was it. white and gold. It was not white and gold. Okay. It was never blue and black. That's for sure. Do you? How do you feel about people who say they don't dream? Like it's just blackness. Like it's just dark. I feel like we learned that you don't remember your dreams. You only remember your dreams in the moment when you first wake up. I don't think that is... Totally true. Okay. I feel like it's totally true. <laughs> but I <laughs> but I feel like there are instances where I can really recall a dream. There's one dream in particular that I can like recall like nobody's business. Do you feel like you've had it more than once? No. Okay. My thought is the people who say that they don't dream just don't remember them. Or they're sociopaths. I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said don't remember that. I dream a lot, so. They're the killer. <laughs> but I also wake up multiple times in the nighttime, so I feel like that's why I remember a lot of my dreams. I, I'm Because I'm waking too. up straight out of them. I'm that girl, too. I'm such a light sleeper. 
Are we just doing a question and answer? Because I can do a question and answer. I mean, we're already here, so we're already 43 minutes in. Okay. Favorite. Did we talk about this favorite color? I don't think we did. Um, Mine is white. If we're talking about clothing. I like a white or like a tan. But if we're talking about just color in general, I'm an orange or a pink. Favorite color to wear? White. Yours is white. Mm-hmm. We should guess each other's. My favorite color to wear? Black. Okay. <laughs> Clear. I'm into like pastels, but mostly white. I like to wear white. My favorite color? Green. No. Black. <laughs> yes, but a close second is... Red. No. Gold. No. Green. Pink. Yes. <laughs> I knew that. I don't know why. I do know why. Pink is just a really pretty color. Pink is so pretty. And I also feel like... I feel like I... It's kind of like a response to like a, like a childhood trauma where I feel like I was like rear to not like pink because men who like pink gay obviously yeah. yeah now it's kind of like i'm offensive with it now like bitch <laughs> now i'm where everything has to be pink now bitch because i couldn't <laughs> have pink anything when i was a child so and i also just like pink is a very like soft feminine soothing it's easy to look at i have a question for you mm-hmm. knowing what you know now about yourself mm-hmm. if you could have always been skinny would you have wanted to like if you could go back and be young isaiah and be skinny from day one would you want to no no i don't think i would either Mm-mm. no no i feel like at one point i would have said yes but now knowing myself i don't feel like i would be the person that i, I feel like i'd be a hot ass mess if i were skinny the right whole time. <laughs> i feel like i <laughs> like a part of me, there was a time I feel like the answer would have been yes, but now I'm in such a place of like, I have absolutely no interest in being skinny. Like, none. I would like to be skinnier than I am now, but skinny, no. No, I have no interest in being skinny. So it's like, like I said, the only thing I really want is a flat stomach. And once I have that... It's over for you, hoes. It's I'm never <laughs> like I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> I expect my invoices to be, you know, honored. I'll give you the information for my invoices to be honored, and that's it. Like, that's really it. I, I have no interest in being skinny. Mm-mm. I say that because I feel like I've really learned that. Skinny people are not happier. <laughs> like there's no there's no logic to this idea that just by virtue of being skinny that you somehow have like a specific life outcome. Yeah. It, they also have all of the same insecurities about their bodies as fat people. Fat people just get called out more often in society for it. But skinny people have all the same insecurities. I had a conversation with a one of my friends the other day. We were talking about dating and sex and I was like, it's weird showing my body to other people now, like my naked body to other people now. And she's like, yeah, I feel the same way. I point out every little thing every time I think about it. And I'm like, she's like this big. I'm holding up my finger, Mm -hmm. audience. She's like this big. So in my mind, I'm like, girl, what? But also her feelings are valid. If she looks at her body and says, I don't like this, 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 and this, those are her valid feelings. It was just wild to me that she could also feel the same way that I feel, knowing that 
at least me thinking that if I had her body, I would not feel that way. Right. And it's the context obviously matters because although she has those feelings about her body, the the larger societal, structural yeah. kind of context makes it so that her body is more valued yeah. than yours. So that means that she's not in a situation where she's going to experience the things that you're going to experience, but it still doesn't make the things that she's saying any less valid. Because right. it's like, the world is shitty to everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, people don't like, people will find something they don't like about you. And me and my friends, me and my, um, me and my group of girlfriends, <laughs> we have this group chat called the sister group chat. Don't ask. But... <laughs> And the other day, we were literally having this conversation about how literally everyone on Instagram is starting to look and has been looking exactly the same for like the past five years. Mm-hmm. Niggas have just been looking the same. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's like, now I'm getting to a point in my life where it's kind of like, I like a little ugly to my nigga. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm mm-hmm. looking at someone who I'm like sexually or like physically attracted to... I don't want you to look like everybody else. Yeah, I want you to have a little bit of character. Like, I need you to look like you, a human being, who doesn't <laughs> look like fucking um, that fish from Shark Tale. Bitch, the one. <laughs> <laughs> All of them were fish in Shark Tale. Bitch, the um, the girl one with the big ass lips uh, and the, the fucking. The angel fish. And that fucking slayed ass fucking hair. That center <laughs> part, bitch. I don't, you know, I love her down as a character. She's sickening. But as far as, like, people in real life, I don't want you to look like that. I want you to look like a person. I can't. <laughs> the fish is Shark Tale. Like, bitch, I can't. <laughs> no. Like, who is your celebrity crush? I like crush? a little ugly to my nigga. I do like a, a little... I saw that right from Jade and XD. But she's, <laughs> she encapsulated it so much. Jade said, I like a little ugly to my nigga. And I was like, that is... <laughs> prolific like that's the word i love that i like a little ugly to my nigga and that and like encapsulated perfectly (laughs) my celebrity crush i used to have a really 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 i still have a really big thing for taraji p henson i feel like she and i could really do some damage she is so cute yes yes and people sleep on cheekbones like people really sleep (laughs) on cheekbones she has cheeks like Hello. cheekbone <laughs> like as a feature that people can find like attracted to and appealing like her cheekbones are sickening mm-hmm. i was watching her vogue like get ready with me thing the other day and i'm like also her skin perfection <laughs> Like, literally, her skin is absolute She's perfection. She's really perfection. I also have a, a thing for Young M.A. She's my type. As well as, and this is a secret, so don't tell nobody, y'all. Lena Waithe, even though she's, like, problematic. Is she? She's, like, a tinge problematic. She's, like, not as problematic as white people, but she's problematic. Um, but Ooh. she cute, though. She's also my type. Why is she problematic? I don't remember. I just... <laughs> Twitter said she was problematic, and I said, okay. <laughs> I actually was watching something today. This is so funny that you mentioned Lena Waithe. I was watching something today. I was watching, um, niggas gonna judge me, because I'm like, bitch, this is so random. Random. But I was watching Black Girls Rock when they were doing the tribute to Aretha Franklin. Oh, wow. Random <laughs> as fuck. And 
Lena Waithe was in the audience, and I'm assuming that she was with her girl at the time, mm-hmm. her significant other, her partner, whatever. And I was just sitting here like, Lena Waithe, you are so fucking fine. Like, <laughs> I, like, and you just have to see the way that she was just looking at these girls on stage perform. Like, she was just really looking. And she I don't really know, gives you jaw. And we love a jaw. And really, like, looking at people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ever just see somebody who's really looking at them? Like, bitch, what are you looking Like, what are you looking at now? I would have looked, too. Look at me like that. There's Lena. also an honorable mention to Tessa Thompson. Ooh, she's gorgeous. But also, I feel I like she is. might tear me apart. Who was that? She played Valkyrie in Thor. Oh, Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's gay. Oh. Yes. That. Also, <laughs> she is like in everything. Yeah. She was in uh, Men in Black, the new Men in Black, also with Thor. Also in, um, what is that movie called with Michael B. Jordan? Which one? The, mm, bitch. The one who's <laughs> the boxer. Creed. Creed. Boom. I was about to say Breed. And I was like, that's not the movie. <laughs> Black Panther. Right. <laughs> she is so cute. My celebrity crush, y'all, you know. I have a few in mind that I think it might be. Who? Let's guess. Okay, there's the um the one guy from Moonlight. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm laughing, and, but I'm dead. What's his name? Rome, Rome Flynn, Flynn Rome. You, no, Travante Rhodes. Oh, Travante Rhodes, but Bitch. also the Flynn Rome, Rome Romeo Flynn. I don't remember what his name is. Him, Flynn. Who are you talking about? Let me, hold on. I'm going to look him up. Give me a second. His okay. name is like Rome Flynn. He's a black guy. All the gays love him. And I assume because you're one of the gays. <laughs> that I would love him as well? Yes. I need to see what this man looks like. I mean, he's cute. Oh, I forgot to give an honorable mention to, um, what is his name? Ooh, what is his name? What is his name? Um, 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 um. Oh, he's cute. Winston Duke. He's cute. Winston Duke needs to be on my list as well. I would climb him like a tree. He's cute. Rome. I know. All the gays love Your him. Your phone is a 1% bitch. Where's the charger? <laughs> All the gays love him. He was in something. I can't remember what it is. He's cute. He was not my celebrity crush, though. This is my first time ever seeing this man. I think he's on How to Get Away with Murder, maybe? Can't remember. Okay, who is it? It's not... um. Trevante Rhodes. Trevante Rhodes is in the list. He has been in the list. Okay. Um, Iman Shumpert. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. All the gays love him, too. Would you have a threesome with him and his wife? Tiana Taylor? (laughs) Because I would. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? And I feel like it would just be like, I don't even like need to do anything. I just need to be in the room. Like, I don't really need to do anything. I just need to like see what's going on. Because first of all, Tiana, she just looks like there's going to be some something worth seeing that's going to happen in this room. And I just feel like I need to be there. Mm-hmm. I need to be Agree. seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because like... First of all, I just love how comfortable both of them are in their skin. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like that's we when the sex show happens, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that as a fat person. But one of the things I really enjoy about sex when it's good, or one of the things I know I need for sex to be good is to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once you're comfortable with who you are as a person, you're like really aligned with the way that you look. Like you're you're really in in it, you can really get into it. Like you can really get in 
to it. You can do it. Put your back into it. Like <laughs> you can really get get into it. And I feel like they give me that. They are very comfortable both with each other and themselves. I'm trying to think of who else I have a crush on. Um, Queen Latifah when she was Cleo from Set It Off. That's so cliche, bitch. Get out. That's very much my type. That's my type, nigga. That's my type. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's very much your type. It Damn. is. Correct. Damn. Lena Waithe is so cute. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, I was really watching that video. Like, Lena Waithe, you are so fucking cute. Like, I can't. Call me. Um, <laughs> Not call me. Whose question is it? I mean, you're the you've the only one who's been asking questions. I so. <laughs> <laughs> Yours. <laughs> what is and I was into um, the friend zone when I was on my run today. Can I also talk about how like I still don't like running. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever likes running. Like this shit is really for the birds. Like who <laughs> does this shit? I really have no excuse now, so I need to actually get up and work out at some point. And it's like, again, going back to this whole idea of like pressure and putting yourself under pressure. People yeah. need to understand like this is not uh, the optimum. Like we're not in an optimum position, an optimal position to like have specific outcomes. <laughs> like you do understand. Like I don't want to be in the fucking house, forced to, you know, try to make some sort of workout happen. Like, do, like, recreate leg day when it's like, bitch, I want to be in a gym on a machine. Right. Like, I really have come to value compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. I really like a beginning, a middle, and an end. I like to be able to say this space is occupied for this specific thing. Mm-hmm. This space is occupied for that specific thing. Like, that has not become more clear to me than in these current moments. That's why working was so hard for me. Because I was at my house. And I, there was no like transition time. I, I really neglected the, what's it called when you, I really took for granted the transition time between leaving the house in the morning and getting to the office. Mm-hmm. Cause it was only like, it's really only like a 15 minute drive for me, but that 15 minutes where I can listen to a podcast or listen to some music was really like important in shifting me into work mode. Whereas now it's like. I wake up and then I'm expected to do some work and I'm just like, no, I don't, this is not where I do that. Right. And it's also crazy because it's, it's kind of like what RuPaul drag Ru- RuPaul says was kind of like, I forget what she says, but it's kind of like every, everything else is drag essentially kind of like a lot of what we've come to think is like our intentional, authentic stuff is really just performative mm-hmm. in that when we leave the house, Really, it truly is a performance. <laughs> like, it truly is, yeah, us, is us operating in a place, operating in the space of like, uh, you know, moving within like the kind of social norms that are being, you know, set up by people who are in positions of power. Mm-hmm. Like we're literally trying to just, it's like our outward facing face that we put on for people in order to survive and get through the day. And that's starting to shed and those lines are starting to become blurred when we're forced to be in a position where we're having to do work, home, family, like all those things under the same house. You're right, like, like on un- the same place. On the same place. It's, that, that shit hasn't become like clearer until now. Like I really value compartmentalization. I like the ability to, and not even for the purposes of like just work, but like, 
even my family, when I'm going through something where it's like I'm annoyed by them, I can't just leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't just go someplace and, like, just do something else to kind of, like, okay, let's table this moment and let's go to do something else so I can kind of take my mind off of it. It's like, no, once you're in it, you're in it. I mean, I guess you can say that's for... There's benefits and pot and negatives to, to those things, but still, it's like, I really value compartmentalization. Like, I really value it. I like, do, too. I need to leave the house. Mm-hmm. I when need I go to, to work. have a space to work out. I need to have a space to, even within the house, like I do art mm-hmm. in the studio. <laughs> I cook in the kitchen. Like I don't, they're, the separate rooms are for separate things. None of these rooms were for doing office work. None right. of them. None of these rooms were for working out. None of the ones in the house anyway. And it's so hard for me to turn on the like, put on my hat for, like, working out in my house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I've conditioned myself up to this point that it's, like, the moment that you need to turn it on, like, athletically, is when you're in a position where you're in a gym. That's when you need to be on in that specific regard. But when I'm in my house, it's kind of, like, it's so easy for me to say, bitch, like, this ain't real. Even down to the point where, like, impact is different on the carpet in the right. house than it is at the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do jump squats in here. I don't want to do push-ups on the carpet with my hand touching the carpet. I don't want to do that. And also, like, I need a beginning, a middle, and end. Mm -hmm. Like, this space (laughs) is specifically occupied for leisure. And, like, my body is resisting, my body is literally resisting this urge to, like, turn it into something that it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, I've always been the girl that, like, even when I was in grad school, even when I was in school, I had I had to do this. Whenever I needed to do something, I had to leave the house. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was studying, if it was writing a paper, I had to get up, mm-hmm. put on an articles of clothing <laughs> that were not, you know... Well, Pajamas. Well, you know, most that's... <laughs> 95% of my wardrobe is athletic wear. <laughs> and, you know, make my way to your local... Library. Or. Coffee shop. Or. Friend's house. Or. No. <laughs> or restaurant or something and do work. Like, that's what I had to do. Yeah. I lived in the library. The library on campus was my dorm room, basically. I lived in the Dunkin' Donuts. Where was there a Dunkin' Donuts? Well, on Main Street. There's a Dunkin' Donuts? There, there was one. And me and the homeless people used to be up in there cutting up. Not me and the homeless <laughs> people. <laughs> used to be in there cutting up. Uh, <laughs> and then my um like my like muslim auntie who thought i was muslim but i'm not because of your beard yes <laughs> thought i was muslim you should, she used to always like give me free donuts and shit <laughs> and she's like yes i mean i'm muslim adjacent <laughs> okay you know i have family whatever black muslims whatever y'all whatever anyway <laughs> what was the question i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a... Tell me if I'm wrong. <coughs> it was not... It's it's allergies. It's allergies. It's allergies. Still over there. Okay. Do I have a tell me if I'm wrong? Not um, him covering his mouth in my house. <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. No. I don't. I don't think I have one either. Okay, I tried to come up with one. 
We'll return to that another day. Um, we did do a, a tale from the belly, so we we had a segment. <laughs> as blurred as this episode was, <laughs> we had things to say. Do you have a weekly consumption? Oh, you did yours already. Do you have another one? I do. I watched another documentary called The Queen, mm-hmm. which is I love fucking documentaries like this. First of all, I love documentaries about queer people. Like that's my favorite thing. <laughs> Anything having to do with queer people, specifically queer people of color, I am down. I still haven't watched Pose. Don't jump me. I'm just not really the the TV girl. He says after he watched all these documentaries, a documentary is not the same as television. Okay. Whatever. So, I watched this documentary called The Queen. I feel like a lot of people probably already heard about it. But essentially, it's like a documentary kind of highlighting and showcasing ballroom, the ballroom drag scene in the 1960s, the the late 1960s, 1970s. Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting because, first of all, you get to see some of the people who, like, really grew up in that world so you see like Peppa LaBeja you see Crystal LaBeja um she she was a former mother of the house of LaBeja and like some of the same common tropes that we see now when we when it comes to like drag you you see this even happening in the 70s and it's so interesting to watch because it was like there was this one drag queen who essentially was like the one who was the most real in the most passing in that like she had these dainty figures and she looked like a woman. I'm putting quotation around everything that I'm saying. <laughs> she looked like a woman and people found that like appealing mm-hmm. and they thought that by virtue of that, that she should win because she was the one who like her natural features most resembled a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because you see at the end of the show, one of the contestants, of course, the black one, like, was like, bitch, look at her makeup. <laughs> Not look at her makeup. She was like, y'all, and she, the girl, I'm, spoiler alert, the, the, the pretty little dainty white one who, <laughs> who has passing privilege, she won. Of course. And then, and then it's just like a portrayal of like these black women, these women of color just shading her into the oblivion. She was like, look at her makeup. Like, look at her makeup. And there was a point where they were even talking to the cameraman. They were like, I know y'all have an opinion. You're not just the cameraman. Tell me your opinion. Like, she looked crazy. And then they said, thank you. And I was like, I loved it. I loved it. That documentary is so good. And it's on YouTube, but it's also on Netflix. It's sickening. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to add that to my list. The Queen and what was the other one? I don't uh, forgot already. Ballet 422. Ballet 422. I'm going to watch both of those probably tomorrow. Please. Because I don't got shit else to do. They're so good. And I feel like there are good things to have in the background while you do other shit. Because that's all I was doing. Well, no, I'm lying. I was eating a whole pint of fucking... Um, Ben and Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough. However, <laughs> I have a really cute idea for a photo shoot. So maybe I'll set that up while watching one of the documentaries. Go in. That's my weekly consumption. What's yours? Oh. Well, let's see. What have I been watching? Oh. Um, I watched a documentary called How to Fix a Drug Scandal. On Netflix. It is about these forensic... Are they forensic? Who are the, um, like, the 
people who test drugs. They're forensic scientists, right? Oh, they're friends, forensic scientists. Like people, like people who work at LabCorp who give you a drug test if you... No, so uh, like this was... Like if you went to court for having drugs on you, they would send the drugs out to these people to be tested to make sure that they were actual drugs. I'm assuming that, yeah, like a forensic analyst right. or something. So she was switching the drugs with fake drugs and then taking the drugs. And she was doing... What? Yeah, she was doing so much cocaine on the clock, it was wild. And she was just saying that everything was an actual drug, even when it wasn't. So a lot of people got sent to jail for shit that wasn't a drug. And she was a white woman. Mm-hmm. Because she was on cocaine the whole time. She was a white woman because she was on cocaine. <laughs> no, no. They got sent to jail <laughs> for having drugs that weren't actual drugs because she was a white woman on oh, cocaine. Bitch! <laughs> what? It was crazy. And the worst part is that once everyone found out that she was on cocaine, they didn't try to retroactively like retry all these people or like figure it out. Not. They just tried to cover it up, which is not. why it's called how to fix a drug scandal. It was like a, like everyone's, yeah, everyone's individual lawyer was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> bring this shit back up because if she was the person on this case, then we need to retry this case. And the like Supreme court was like, we don't see a reason to retry the case. They would have been found guilty regardless because the drug was a drug. And it's like, you don't fucking know that because she never fucking tested them. And she called the whole situation. And cause my thing is, what does it say in the constitution, a fair and speedy trial when, when evidence has been tampered with regardless of whether or not it was for the better or for the worse, it has been tampered with. Correct. So that caused into question the entire investigation. Correct. It was wild. That so therefore wild. comma, she ended up getting three years in jail. Three. Some of the people she sent to jail for the fake drugs have more years than she And I does. hope they beat her ass in jail. Let me not say that. Let me not that's horrible. I can't forget about this hot mic. Like, I'm just really forgetting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me not say that. Mm. So that was a good documentary if you like being mad like I do. Yeah, if you like being mad. Girl. What? That was fucking wild. That was wild. She's, she was just doing cocaine on the clock. Yeah, and she was she started out doing like the test cocaine. Like so they have like a um they have a set of drugs in the lab so that when they test things you can test them against the control, right? Mm-hmm. She started out just taking the control and it was liquid cocaine. So she was like dipping a spoon in it and then licking the cocaine off the spoon and she'd be high as fuck for the entire fucking day. And then she graduated to doing it like multiple times a day. And then she took some home and was doing it the moment she woke up. This bitch was high from the moment she got the fuck up to the moment she went to bed and had people's lives in her hands. And it's crazy when you really like lift back the curtain on how many people actually do cocaine. <laughs> like I honestly just assume that everyone in like a position of power, like who whoever anyone who has an income over a hundred thousand dollars does, does cocaine. cocaine. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like that's the statistic that I feel confident in saying that is true and factual. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is a thing. Because that's the drug of choice for people who have money. It's not weed because weed is for poor people. <laughs> it's cocaine. <laughs> Bitch, you're over here fucking, <laughs> like, I don't understand, like, niggas will come down, niggas in my job will come at your neck if you fucking clock in and you go to the bathroom when you're not on your schedule break. Meanwhile, this bitch is on the clock. Yes. On the clock of using your money, bitch. On the clock. And she was, like, setting up 
So there was like three scientists in the lab, right? And they would rotate who got which case. Mm -hmm. And she would like fix it so that she was always getting the cases with the biggest amount of drugs in them so that she could fucking take them. Who was overseeing this? Her. She was the overseer. That's the issue. She was the top of that. Like she was the head bitch in charge at the the lab. Mm -hmm. And then nobody else was over her that was inside the building. So she could take as many breaks as she wanted. She could disappear for hours if she wanted to. Mm-mm. nobody could check her bitch I'm calling HR and apparently she had been doing it since the moment she got the job like she was a drug addict <laughs> and then got this job so that she could continue taking drugs all those cases that she tried all those people should be released right and released the- at, at the very least they should get a second trial but I'm just saying they should be let set free for pain and suffering because it's also like as as the criminal justice system, you, everyone is already looking at you with the biggest raised eyebrow, bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, you're looking funny in the light. All, not even funny in the light, bitch. Funny in the dark. <laughs> like, funny <laughs> in any fucking you know, lighting possible, bitch. You're looking funny with my eyes closed. Okay. Like, there's no filter that you can put over this bitch to hide all the fucking scars <laughs> that you have as a fucking, you know, institution. So, it's like... I don't understand why you wouldn't, in the best interest of, like, the profession of, like, the quote-unquote, you know, institution, why you wouldn't, like, say, you know what, we're trying to maintain uh, the fucking smidgen of credibility that we have. And so, you know what, we're going to write this wrong. Mm -hmm. Let me just... mm -hmm. Nope. We don't need to write it wrong if y'all don't know a wrong occurred. But there's a documentary. Yeah. What does she look like? She's a white woman with brown hair. She looks like a basic ass white woman. That works at your local Kmart, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen her. <laughs> I've seen her. I seen she her is there. the greeter at Walmart, yes. I'm a fighter. <laughs> like, Let me stop. I can't. That has made me all the way mad. I'm trying to think if I have another weekly consumption. Nope, I don't. All right, thank you for listening. We've been on this mic. We're talking about nothing. They're taking up your time. I hope you guys stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. If you can afford to, take a multivitamin. Do something for your mental health. Do that. You know, don't feel pressured. Don't feel obligated to produce something for the sake of saying that, oh, I spent my time doing something. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. If what you need to do is to take care of yourself. Right. If what you need to do is sit on the couch and watch endless documentaries like I've been doing for the past two weeks, do that. I will say bathing. Yeah, you should do that. And grooming are good for your mental health. Yeah. Those are signs that your mental health is deteriorating when you stop taking care of your personal hygiene mm. and doing things like checking the mail. So check on your friends if the, if they're not checking the mail or if they have said that they haven't showered in a week. They're the ones that need maybe a little bit more TLC. Yeah. So just check on them. But yeah, if you are struggling, you're in a rut, a, a rut where you feel like you have been sitting on this bed cause, or on this couch for three days. That was me for a moment. This is me currently. I had to get up. And it's like getting in the shower, like grooming, like all that kind of stuff. It's a reset, mm-hmm. and sometimes you need a reset. So, uh, this all, all, a lot of this shit is a lot, and there's no to me there doesn't seem to be any kind of indication. Ooh, went there one time. I don't even know what I was saying. The fucking 
just before. do things to take care <laughs> of your mental health. <laughs> take care of yourself and be safe. We love you and thank you for listening. And you guys have a wonderful day. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye.